Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, an extra special welcome to you, and you're probably wondering why I say good morning, afternoon, and evening. And I do that because this show is listened to on, on the iHeart app around the country, around the world, and the podcast is listened to around the world as well. So I never know what time zone somebody's in when they are actually listening to the show. So I want to welcome you to whatever time of day or night you have. And, you know, right now so many people are working from home and their hours are are very different than they ever expected them to be. And for businesses, it's also been a challenge figuring out how you stay in business, how you promote your business without seeming like you're insensitive to what's going on to those who aren't working. But the fact of the matter is you have a business and you want your business to survive, not just survive, but to thrive. And for so many people who listen to my show, you may be speakers, you may be authors, you have a business that in the past you've been at events and that's how you promoted your business. That's how you found new clients. Well, the world has changed right now. We've done a pivot for a little bit. We don't know how much longer this is going to happen. So how do you promote yourself and your business in the challenging world that we're seeing today? And frankly, this has been a challenge even before for so many people. My dear friend Jackie Lappin has agreed to be back on the show with me. She has been helping leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, messengers connect with their followers around the globe for, oh my gosh, more years than I can count. She is one of those people that understands how the world works and wants nothing more than to help you get your message out there into the world. She's worked with some of the top people in, um, in the world who, luminaries, leaders, filmmakers, authors, grow their businesses, sell more books. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And Jackie is here today to help you figure out what you can do to grow your business, to promote yourself right now. So Jackie, thanks for being on the show. Oh, Laura, thank you for having me back. I always love to spend a little time with you and seeing how we can help people get back into the swing of things here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been really interesting watching what's been happening with marketing and PR and, and events. You know, it seems like so many event managers had never even prepared for the fact that they might not be able to hold an event. And they don't know how to pivot to um, a virtual event. What do you? What have you seen going on for the last few months? I mean, you've been doing this for a really long time, and have seen pretty much every scenario play out. Well, I think that Zoom, um, the technology that connects people, is really a game changer. If you're going to go to a virtual event. It is a very simple system to operate, and it gives you the opportunity, if you want to give people networking opportunities, you can break them out into smaller groups. And uh, somebody was laughing the other day that, uh, you know, and, and I felt much the same that I've had um, breakout room fatigue. <laughs> I've been on so many uh, conferences. 
services where not only is there a host and they're offering valuable content, but it enables you to continue networking within the community. So I, prob- I probably got 50 leads just over the last 10 days that I've been doing uh, breakouts in various different conferences that moved from uh, uh, in-person conferences to virtual conferences. So I would say to anybody that does events, don't write off the opportunity to continue doing your event just because there is no opportunity to do it live and in person. So um, I think that uh, a lot of people are realizing that there's an opportunity there to at least engage and hold their audience until they can get back into rooms with them. So I think that, uh, you know, you don't have to throw up your hands and say, you know, it's all over. There are other alternatives. Um, and certainly there, you know, I've, I've, been, I've also been on live streaming events on Facebook uh, where somebody basically did three days' worth of education with a series of speakers. Now, that wasn't as interactive, but it was highly educational and allowed her to sell her high-end program out of the program, uh, right off the, the live stream, so or essentially coming out of the live stream. Um, she gave away a ton of information, opened the door, and then proceeded to offer the program at the very tail end and then offer it via email to those people who attended the live stream. I've seen a number of event managers and the people that, you know, are hosting the event, not the managers, but the, you know, the actual people who are running these events, wonder whether can we charge for a virtual event? Because a lot of them, you know, it was not it was not inexpensive to attend their live events in some cases because well, they I have a lot that's of... that's where you're going to find the sacrifice because you really can't ask a ton of money for a virtual event. But I've seen them offered for... $47, $97. You know, people are keeping the price low, certainly not the, you know, the 295 or the 500 or the 1500 that they were offering before, but they're also getting a lot more people because I was on one the other day that happens annually and people were thrilled because they normally don't have the time or can't seem to to be able they've got kids and they can't get on the road to go cross-country to a conference, and they could just zoom into it. And so all of a sudden, a group that might have been, you know, 60 in the room became 100 because more people could attend. So there's a trade-off here. Um, and, you know, if you're offering a program or a product, it, one, you can either warm up your community or actually sell to your community. So it's a viable opportunity. Just you're right about that. You can't charge the big numbers that you were charging before. But you also don't need to, right? Because you don't have all of the necessarily all of the costs. Exactly. Okay. You don't have all the hotel and the food and the, you know, uh, putting up your speakers and all of that kinds of stuff. You're absolutely right. There's no kind that the, the overhead is minimal, um, and so uh, you really have a great opportunity to reach more and spend less. For somebody that. Is it like, you know me, I've done keynote speaking. I've even done way before, years before COVID happened, I have done webinar keynotes 
for companies that didn't want to, for Microsoft, because they had people all over the world and they needed a speaker, and rather than fly all their people in, they found it more cost-effective to do a, a virtual keynote webinar for their people, and then they get to store it and save it. But for people who have never done that before, do they have to promote themselves differently? Do they have to price themselves differently? Do they have to give away their time? What, what's your thoughts around that? I think you need to think differently about this particular time frame. I mean, this will be different once we come out of this. But I think one, you know, teaching on a webinar is still a viable um, uh, methodology. However, you really need to be focusing on how people can make, continue to feel comforted and supported and at the same time start planning for an emergence in this. What people want to hear right now is how am I going to survive this? How am I going to keep my income going? How am I going to stay safe and take care of my family? How am I going to survive being at home with my kids? Um, You know, all of those kinds of things are... Um, you know, if you stay in somewhat in the topic of helping people cope and still may earn a living during this period of time, your numbers are going to still be substantial. If you start, if you continue just doing the old thing during this period of time, you're probably not going to see a lot of focus. So stay within caring for your community. Uh, showing that you are attuned to what they're going through and you're going to continue to see um, opportunities to carry forward. Now, you've spent a lot of time. I, I happen to love your radio podcast, radio media podcast tours that you do and your speaker, Tunity Cities, which always helped connect people to events that were happening in their city that they could pitch. Have you seen a difference in how people need to pitch to be accepted by the events right now or to set themselves up to be accepted by bigger events down the road? And well, I think that, um, you know, it, it, let, me just, let me just say that um, from an event standpoint, our Speaker Tunity Cities regional directories gives people all the regional, local meeting venues and associations between 800 and 1,500 in their own markets. Most of those meetings are obviously not yet back. They will be back probably starting in the fall. And what we're telling people is you should be picking the ones, start to pick the ones that are appropriate for you uh, come you know, August and September and then start pitching them as soon as those meetings start coming back, probably in October. Because even if they uh, are uh, still booked through this end of the year because they had other people that were booked earlier in the year and they're shoving them into the last quarter, they're going to be starting to book for 2021. So the last quarter of this year, you should be aggressively pitching to fill your calendar in 2021. So your pitching should still be, you know, whatever your subject matter is, but I wouldn't focus it exclusively on COVID because you're going to be talking about other kinds of things, more, more return to business kinds of things starting in 2021. So that's when you 
um, what the topic should be focused on, and reemerging from COVID, and you know what we should, what are our next steps? What, how should we get get reengaged in business? So that's what we're really telling folks. Now, if you're if you're looking for major conferences, and and that's not the service that we actually perform, but if you are looking for major conferences, um, you know some of those are now are now taking um, submissions for the fourth quarter the fourth quarter of this year. So if you're you know if that's the kind of events that you're still looking at, you should still be looking at trying to submit on those call for speakers at this time for those bigger events at this time of the year. Now, the good thing about our radio podcast tours, which you mentioned, which we, which we love, and you've been so gracious about having so many of our guests on the show, is that you there, there is no better a time to be doing a radio podcast tour than right now because more people are sitting at home consuming radio and podcasts than ever before. They have nothing else to do, and they're looking for content that is going to fill their businesses, help them emerge from all of this. And so, and the other corollary to that is you can stay safe at home and still talk to millions of people. And we have really been upping our radio podcast tour game because, it, you know, there are people, some that want to talk about the COVID situation, but many just want to talk about their books and the the what the methodology to emerge from whatever it is that obstacles uh, that they've overcome that they want to teach somebody else to overcome so or methodologies that are going to make improve their life you know where our our tours basically introduce authors and leaders to 9000 radio shows and podcasts and the focus of them is how giving um, offering guests that improve one's life, one's business, or the planet in one in one way, shape, or form. So our our mission is to help the people who are compelled to get out into the world to help others to deliver their message to more people and in better ways. And in this COVID situation, um, the silver lining is that. More people are going to hear you. Uh, tragically, obviously, many people are suffering during this time, but many people are just simply waiting it out, and great information is going to be great information now or it's going to be great information in six months. Well, I was thinking about the pitches I get from your company when you're pitching somebody to the show and comparing them to a number of increased pitches I've been getting lately. Right, And I think this is just really important for everybody that's listening out there. There is a right way to pitch to be on a show and a really wrong way. (laughs) I mean, Jackie, I got a pitch the other day that I swear must come from some automated system. It's the same person over and over again with lots of grammatical errors and very generic content. They start out sort of saying that they know what my show is about. And then as I read it, they've basically thrown in a couple of business buzzwords. They happen to mention the last guest that was on the show and then say, well, here's everything about us and you should just have us on the show. And as I read it, I go, I don't think these people are real. I wonder if they're even a legit company. And I'm hesitant to Google them 
to find out if they're real because the way the pitch comes across is so fake. Well, and one of the other things that one of my friends complains about all the time is, you know, a lot of young people in PR agencies, they're so they're they're used to dealing exclusively on social media and by email. And he wants to talk to somebody and he'll pick up the phone and then, you know, and he want to be able to have a conversation and nobody will respond to him. You know, when you're pitching something, you need to make sure you're available to answer questions. And you're right, it's got to be grammatically compact and correct. It's got to be compelling. It has to tell a story. It has to create a need. What, you know, what is the audience going to hear? What is the benefit to the audience? How is the benefit going to change people's lives? And you need to do it in such a way that it's entertaining and exciting or, um, you know, that moves people to action. Um, you know, when we send to 9,000 radio shows, you know, the, the, our secret sauce is that pitch letter because then people will respond to us. We don't have to pick up the phone and call a million people. People are excited about the guests that they're hearing about, and they say, I want that person on my show. So you're right, Laura. The, the letters have to be really defined based on what, who, what is the essence of this person that we're offering, and what is it, how can you see their heart and their intention and their light in the world? That's what that pitch letter needs to convey. Um, and that's what we, we strive to do when we're encapsulating somebody for a uh, show host. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten several lately from you guys, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person would be great. And I'm like, okay, when can I fit them in <laughs> the show? And then looking at it generically of, okay, where, what will my listeners get out of it? And so many of, of my listeners who want to be on shows don't know how to even write a pitch, how to get whatever they do into a concise enough format that anybody they pitch to, whether it's an event manager, whether it's a virtual summit they want to speak at, or whether it's a show like mine, um, what would you recommend to them? Are there questions they need to ask themselves, things that they should be doing to make sure? I mean, you've yes. said, shared a couple. Yeah, there are a couple things. First of all, what's timely about this? Does it tie in with the news? Does it tie in with what's going on in the Zeitgeist? Does it tie in with something that the the public is is worried or concerned about? Um, secondly, do you, is there a great human interest story here? And can you tell it concisely in a paragraph or two? Is there a question to ask? This is a show about questions. You can often start a pitch by posing a question and then presenting the fact that you have the solution. Those are all some of the simple ways that you can do it. I actually have a training program um, at, on speakertunity.com. If you go there and get, open the Get Book training uh, sequence, there's actually a module there that will teach you how to write a pitch letter. We want to make sure that people, if, even if we're not doing the, uh, the pitch for them uh, over uh, at our Conscious Media Relations company, that's the one that does the radio podcast tour, on our speakertunity one, we give people an opportunity to learn how to write their own pitch letters, and then we have a service over there called Speakertunity Radio Insider, 
where we give people 25 radio shows and podcasts a month that they can pitch themselves. So we want to give them the skills to write that pitch letter if they're going to pitch themselves. So, you know, we want to make sure that people who are offering themselves through our services are really putting themselves ahead of those people who really can't write a good pitch letter. I I can't tell you how many I just read and immediately delete. It's just gotten so frustrating. And And not only do you have to have a great pitch letter, you have to have a really good subject line. It's not just the pitch letter. You've got to have a great subject line. Um, Otherwise, people won't open it at all. As as I've done a few times because I end up in my junk folder and I go through there and I'm like, what the heck was that? What were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, I just need to just delete this one. But some of the people, you know, it kind of intrigues you a little. And then I try to go search them on the web and I can't find them. Uh, you know, their name doesn't even pop up on the third or fourth page of Google. Oh, my goodness. That is deadly. Yeah, and you should be, you, frankly, you should be able to give somebody in a pitch letter a website that clearly defines who this person is, and um, hopefully it will have had some traffic and be visual, visible either way, but you really want to give somebody a, a quick glance of who this person is um, through a website or some other methodology. Yeah, I've had people send me LinkedIn links, and I'm okay with that because, you know, you can see a lot that's going on with somebody on their LinkedIn. But if somebody wants to be on the show, they've got a book, they've got a business, they're supposedly some successful person, I fully expect them to have a website with their name on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to be credible, you need to be credible. So how do you, when somebody is wanting to, because I know you don't say yes to everybody that approaches you to run a media tour for them, what are some of the things that you look for that says no or yes, this would be a great person? If they have a tiny little book that's basically more a pamphlet um, than a book, if it's an e-book that is, um, generally, uh, you know, just a, a, a small item, not a, an extensive, you know, piece of knowledge. That doesn't work for the, the tours that we do. Um, we're generally looking for either a, a book and um, or a, a, a product or resource a program that uh, will really fill, fill a hole in the marketplace um, we're trying not to give people the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, so uh, if you, we, we're looking for books that have some uniqueness about them. Um, we're looking for people who can tell a story and to do it well. I mean, somebody with a really heavy accent or who is, um, speaks in monotone and is really not a good interview, those, those are all things that I would not encourage people uh, to go forward with us. And I will also tell people, you know, look, uh, I don't want to take your money. This wouldn't be successful for this reason. Um, I would, uh, you know, I'm only going to take on clients that I know that we are, our top two programs uh, guarantee 30 interviews, and I want to make sure that I can deliver that. 
So I make sure that we have all the right elements that are going to make that happen. Guaranteeing 30 interviews is is really exceptional in the industry. And I just noticed what time it is, and we're going to be going into the national news break in, in just a moment. So we're going to pause the conversation here, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk some more, everyone, about how to leverage the actual interviews you're getting, the actual events you're speaking at, to further your business. Because remember, being on a show or promoting yourself or speaking at an event is not just about that moment in time. We want it to take you further. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. If you missed the first half of the show live on iHeartRadio, then you'll want to catch it on your favorite podcast platform because Jackie Lappin, my guest, shared so much amazing content on how you can help promote yourself, how you can pitch yourself to shows like mine, to podcasts, to virtual event managers, to speakers, uh, bureaus, anybody that you're looking to get your message out to, how to do it effectively. And if you are listening to this on podcast, um, I would love it. It would mean a lot to me if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show because it does really help us get found. And I would also love to hear what you think of the show. So you can go to uh, itsallaboutthequestions.com and use the contact form, or you can email me at laura at laurasteward.com. So, Jackie, let's dive back in because there's just so much information that you have that you can share with people. You know, I love... I love when I get a pitch from your folks for somebody that you think would be great on my show. What I love about it is how clear it is and how much information is actually provided in the pitch to further the conversation. And there's always a call to action at the end. Hey, let us know when you'd like to schedule. What are some things that need to be in a successful pitch for somebody wanting to be on the show? I mean, you've shared a couple of questions that people need to ask, but your pitches look completely different from pitches from other organizations that attempt to do what you do. Well, thank you. Well, there's three elements, um, really. It's what is the compelling angle? What are we talking about? What's going to be interesting here? What is going to be the benefit to the audience? The second one is, who is this person? What are their credentials? What have they done in life? How do they get to where they are? Do they have a compelling story that shows how they went from zero to 60, overcoming something, and now they can share that information? So the second part about it is, who is this person? The third part about it might be, what is the information we're going to impart in that interview? And we do it a lot of times in bullet points. We say and she or he will tell your listeners the following things. And it's not usually the core of what. We've already established what the core information is going to be. But we talk about highlights um, and other uh, topics related to that that we call out as useful information that people are going to get when they listen to this interview. So those three things are really what puts and knits a, a pitch together in essence. One of the nice things about having a book 
is when you, uh, in that second part, when you're talking about what are the credentials, if you simply say the person is the author of a book on this subject, that gives them instant credibility. So it's one of the reasons why it's so valuable to write a book. It, it's not a matter of it's going to make you money. The book doesn't make money in this world any longer. But it's the opportunity to, one, establish yourself as an expert or as someone who has had a journey that, will t- that has pre- presented them to where they are now as an expert. Um, but it also gives the host the sense that this person is a good storyteller, somebody who has something to say. And, uh, it, it is, and, and lastly, it is a good excuse to get the maritime because somebody with a book almost always has a leg up over somebody who doesn't have a book. Now, that's not to say what we tell people, our clients, when they come to us and they say, well, does it have to be a book? No, it doesn't have to be a book. But one of the things that we've discovered is that you will get more interviews if you have a book than, uh, than otherwise. We lose about 5 or 10% at the lower end of that spectrum that say no book, no interview. So it increases your odds of getting on more shows if you happen to have a book. Um, so um, it's not an absolute necessity, but it will improve the rates, and it provides a really good gate opener to get on a show. So uh, it, it, by in, indicating within the pitch that somebody has a book, that gives that pitch an extra incentive to, to get uh, accepted. I've had several people who have pitched me, not, not through you, that I thought, I want to have them on the show. And they've had a book. And I go, okay, I need a copy of your book. And they're like, okay, well, we'll send you a PDF copy of the book. And I'm like, no, I need a hard copy of the book. And they're like, well, we, we can't get you a hard copy of the book. <laughs> and that to me is an immediate, I don't want them on my show. Because I have my needs as a host where I, I don't want to sit there and print out an entire PDF of a book. I literally read my guest books cover to cover. I dog ear them. I highlight them. I stick Post-it notes in them in order to prepare for the interview. And somebody that's unwilling to accommodate the show requirements to me is an immediate red flag. What do you say about that, and, and how do you, I mean, am I being completely irrational with my requests? Well, if you are, then you're the same kind of irrational as 85% of the show hosts. We tell our radio tour uh, clients, you need to send us 50 books before we start this process, or you need to have 50 books in hand for you to send, because simply 85% of the hosts all want a physical book. You guys sit in front of your computers all day long, and you don't want to have to read a book on your computer or, like you say, print out and waste all that paper uh, for a one-time read. Um, so, no, 15% will take a, a PDF, but everybody else wants a hard copy. So if you're not prepared to give that, then don't go pitching yourself because right up front you should know that, that most show hosts will pre- not only prefer, but like you, that will reject an interview if they can't get a physical book. 
Yeah, I mean, I've had some shows where they wanted me as a guest of, on their show to talk about, you know, the power of questions and uh, several different topics that I speak about. And I literally went to Amazon because it was easier for me to go to Amazon and mail them a copy of the book from Amazon to pay for it than use some of my supply that I buy from my publisher through distribution. And they're like, you paid for a book for us? I said, yes, I want to be on your show. Makes good and, sense. And it, to me, it was a good investment. Plus, you know, my numbers go up because I've ordered a book, <laughs> yeah. you know, online. But I, I offer my, when I'm asked to be on a show, I offer them, do you want a physical book, an audio book, or a Kindle? And it seems to help a lot. But yet there are so many people that just, they don't get it. They say, well, they should just know who I am and want me on the show. I love that sense of entitlement. <laughs> you guys either have to pay for your airtime or, uh, you know, choose them over somebody else. They, sh- they should be grateful, as we are to all of our hosts, um, for the airtime that they give our people. Um, and you know it's a relationship building process. One of the reasons we one of the reasons we get so many interviews is because we have great pitch letters. But the other is because we we develop a great relationship with people. We make sure that our people show up. If there is a hitch, we reschedule without a lot of headache. We ha- provide people what they want when they need it in the format that they need, just like you suggested, and. You know, this is not, just because somebody has a show doesn't mean that they're going to want you on. You have to make yourself appealing. You have to make yourself someone they want to deal with. They want to have business, have a business relationship with because that's what these interviews are. Um, and so you need to treat them as if they were your very best client, somebody that you really want to serve and to support, and, a, and then a, a host will, you know, be responsive. Now, one thing, I, uh, there's two things that I, I, I also want to talk, talk, mention about the changing environment of, of, um, of media today. A lot of times these interviews are not just audio. They're videocasts these days. So many podcasts have gone to a videocast format. So... Do not assume that if you book yourself on a show and they give you a Zoom link to zoom in on for the show, that they're just interested in your audio and you show up in bedhead and pajamas. It doesn't work like that anymore. You could get very, very embarrassed. So you actually have to ask the host, is this Zoom audio or is it video? Or if they're bringing you in on StreamYard or Facebook Live, you know, many of these shows are more than just an audio stream these days. The other thing is a lot of shows are charging. And um, we, when, we, when we work with our clients, we put them in a separate part of the tracking sh- sheet so that the host, can, the, the, uh, the client can actually have some time to evaluate. Does this show make sense? But that is across the board. It is broadcast radio and podcast. Um, longstanding shows that have been on the air for years are starting to charge for some of their time. So it's a whole new world out there. Um, and we, you know, I mean, we don't advocate that people spend tons and thousands and thousands of dollars for one interview, 
But there are some that are $49, that might be well worth your time if they have the core listenership you want and the, um, and, and the size of an audience that makes sense for you. So it's a little different environment than it used to be when you would just get on broadcast radio and that was all there was. Today there are so many different options with so many different permutations. Which is why my broadcast show goes to podcast because you just you need to meet people where they're at. Exactly. Through the medium that that, that they want. Now, before the commercial break, we, I I alluded to uh, a conversation I wanted to have with you, which was not to treat the interview or the speaking engagement that you may get through Speakertunity or through your radio media tours, radio podcast tours, that you have to have some longer end game in mind. You're not trying to sell or pitch throughout the interview, but you do want to have a call to action, so to speak, which is here's what I want the listeners of a show to do when the show is over to keep that relationship going. What do you recommend, how do you advise your clients on that part of it? Because that is such a huge part of it. If people are now using these media plays in order to help them grow a business that they can't do in person anymore. Well, one of the things that we say is before you actually do your radio podcast tour, your book may be the door opener. You really need to have somewhere else that you're going to take people. What what is your game plan? Know where you're going to be. The interview is designed as a roadmap. So we, in fact, encourage our clients. We always either build media kits for them or have them lay out their own media kits in a certain way. That the questions, the 20 questions that we ask our folks to provide, will lead people down a path. And that path is, you know, here's what my expertise is. Here's how I can help you. And here's what I have to offer you, essentially. I mean, there's great information imparted, but basically you're giving people breadcrumbs. And, um, and those breadcrumbs should lead to something, whether it's a coaching program or an e-course or a product sale or, um, or a coaching program, something along that line of, you know, I've given you a little bit. I have more to give you, and please follow up with me. And so you, know, you need to know where you're going. You need to know what it is that you're going to be offering. So don't just show up on and pitch a book because, of, you know, if you just pitch a book, you have no way of staying in contact with that person. You need to get them to your website somehow and uh, offer a free gift uh, or a free uh, piece of information that will they opt in or offer something for sale so that depending on what the host says, I mean, some of them, don't want you doing to. They don't want you to be very salesy, but you can very honestly just say, "Look, I have this other option, this option for you, and if you're interested, reach out to me. Here's my email, or if you want to know more, here's the website." So you can basically build this interview into a sales funnel, essentially, which will lead them down the path to uh, build a closer relationship with you in some way, shape, or form that will result in you serving them and them giving you the fair exchange of revenue. I know I've had several guests on my show that 
I have a standing policy. You're not allowed to pitch on my show. It's not supposed to be a sales fest. So every other word shouldn't be, here's a course I'm offering or here's whatever. I give everybody an opportunity to talk about it because I vet everybody that comes on the show. But occasionally I've had some people that really, I, I wish I could just throw them off the air with me. Um, and I've only had that happen twice in the five years I've been on the air, that they just wanted a pitch. They didn't even, like, hear the questions that were being asked. What would be your advice to a show host that might be listening to my show right now to help them know how to maneuver their way through that kind of conversation? Well, the most important thing is keep going back to asking questions that are value-based. Things about what, give us some information that our, our um, audience can use right now. Tell us exactly why, what, from your knowledge and your experience, give us at least three tips that they can take advantage of. So, and, and any host and anybody putting together their content for a uh, show uh, should make sure that the content is 75% either valuable information or their story that leads to why this is so important. So, um, but really, really focus on what are you teaching people that can help them move forward in life. Give them a taste of what you know. Don't give them all of it. Give them some idea of what you know so that they can get a sense of, you are that they would if investing in you they're going to get value they're going to get somebody who cares about them they're going to get somebody who's in service to them as opposed to somebody who just wants their money and once you do that once you give a lot of content then people are going to want more from you especially today i think even more so with what we're seeing with how the world changed these last few months providing value right now is what people are going to remember, not the people who are withholding information or gouging prices or raising their prices or things like that. What's going to get people to stay with you and want you is providing value, just massive value, whatever that might be. And Jackie, that's one of the things I love so much about you (laughs) is, is the value that you provide. I mean, um, I know you've got resources out there on speaker to media and conscious media relations, but I do want to make sure because my listeners need this information. What are the resources that you offer that can help people through these challenging times and beyond? Because we know this is going to change and everybody needs to begin the shift. Well, the radio podcast tours we've been doing for 10 years you can go to ConsciousMediaRelations.com, ConsciousMediaRelations.com, and you will see 60 amazing reviews from people that we've worked with. And once you're interested, then please reach out to me at Jackie at ConsciousMediaRelations.com, and I will be happy to have a conversation with you to see whether this might be something that we can do for you. And reach out to 9,000 radio shows and the top two programs guarantee 30 interviews. Now, if you're looking for sources that you can do yourself, we have uh, SpeakerTunity under the SpeakerTunity.com brand. 
you can go there and you can see our subscription services that are $35 a month that will give you speaker leads all over North America, radio shows or podcasts, um, of 25 radio shows and podcasts each month for you to pitch, or virtual summits with open guest presenter seats that are looking for folks to be on their events. Um, all of that is there, but most importantly, we're very excited about launching Speakertunity City's regional speaker lead directories where you give people, we give people um, between 800 and 1,500 leads in the market of their choice. Wow. Um, and that could be in the business sector or in the philanthropic and service sector, in the, well, the consumer sector where you're touching consumer directly, or on the um, uh, spiritual area, uh, unity, spiritual, spiritual living, faith-based groups. We put that all together in individual directories. You can download them by PDFs or an Excel file. If you want to find out more about that, go to speakertunity.com uh, for the whole gamut or speakertunity cities directly for the directories, speakertunitycities.com. Um, so reach out to me. I'm happy to support you. We would love to have you be getting back on stages when things start out new uh, beginning of this next year. Um, so start filling your schedule in the fall. Uh, and you can, if we don't already have your market available on Speakertunity Cities, we will have 30 available by the fall. Just put in the bottom of the form at the page which market you want, and we will then um, let you know when your market is, is ready and available. So many people think that you know, like there's nothing happening right now. That there's no way they can speak or anything. And you know, I think what you've shared with us throughout the show today, Jackie, is there are many opportunities out there. You just may have to look for them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I love the work that you do because you help people find those opportunities. So, what would be a last thought you'd want to share with my listeners? If they're feeling just frustrated and like nothing they're trying is working, that they they don't know what their next step would be, what do you say to them? Start moving forward. Start planning what your next steps will be. You don't have to be doing it all right now in this climate, but you can use this time effectively to build your speaker one sheet, write your media kit. Do all the things that will make you in a position to be able to come out of this um, with, you know, swinging. I know that you don't promote this part of what you do. I'm not even sure you, you still do this, but I know that you used to help people write their media kits. You had a service that you would do that for people. Are you still doing that? Um, depending on what it is, I might write a media kit for people. Um, but the pricing is a little bit higher than if it was part of their media, their radio media tour. Just simply because then I, they have to pay, I, I have to be paid to write to read their book first. But uh, but uh, I, I'll do that on occasion. But other than that, no, it, uh, we don't do um, pitch writing for other folks. But they can go to the Speakertunity site, speakertunity.com, right, and and find out how to do it themselves. Yeah, which is I, I just think it, it's so critical, everyone, you know, to. Present yourself professionally, even if you're new to promoting yourself or you've been doing it for a thousand years. Right. Presenting yourself in a professional manner will differentiate you from everybody else that's just out there throwing stuff against the wall to see what will stick. And, you know, I, I can't say enough. God, I sound like the best commercial in the world for you, Jackie. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. 
there's so much about PR and promotion and getting your message out that people think, like like I had said, they should know who I am syndrome. Right. Assume that nobody knows who you are, right? Would that be a good way to go? But have confidence that you do, that they should know who you are. Right. Well, this has been wonderful, darling. Thank you very much for having me on. You know, it, it's it's a total joy for me to to share with you, my listeners, all of this great content. And uh, Jackie, you know, we've got like another minute or so left. Where are you? What's next for you over these next couple of months? Because you you're speaking at events that are yeah, and we're launching. We're going to do a national launch for Speaker Tuesday Cities um, in the fall. So that's going to be our big thing. That's perfect. Okay, and I know you're going to be speaking at an event in June virtually, an event that used to be live that's now going virtual. So right. um, is there a resource? Is that something that you guys have, a resource where people can find these virtual events? No, I'm sorry. That's not something we can do at this point. Okay, I think it's a new product for you at some point in time. <laughs> yes, right. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Jackie. I'm, I'm really grateful for you being here. Thank and, you, as always, as I. And to all my listeners, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years of knowing people like Jackie and a lot of other people and hosting my show for five seasons now is that no matter what the situation is going on in the world, people need wisdom. They need knowledge. They need to understand different ways of thinking of things. So if you have valuable information out there, somebody's going to want it. It's a matter of getting that information out to them. So remember everybody, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? And go out there and be kind. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.